So um, what did, how did you feel the first moment when they moved you from the labor and delivery room to the mother baby unit? <laughs> what was that feeling for you? Exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to eat. Oh my God. Girl. Um, but I mean, it was, it was like, holy crap, I just did that. Yeah. Honestly, mm -hmm. like I really just gave birth to my first child. And like he he cried a little bit when he when he came out, but I have a picture, a couple of pictures of him when he they laid him on my chest and he just looked at me and I just weeped. Oh my god, I just weeped because it's such a surreal thing. Like it's like you know, like you have to build a relationship with him like as you her as you carry them, but like have them on the outside like, to actually like. I remember like leading up to pregnancy, I would be like, I can't wait to hold him. I can't wait to see those fingers. Um, but yeah, like it's honestly like as soon as like they clean you up and they move you and stuff, it's like everything kind of like sets in of like the pain, like oh, like I'm achy, like I'm exhausted, like it's it's like you don't think about it in the moment. Um, and yeah, that was that was basically. Did we have him? We had him when they moved us, right? Back to the um, labor, the, we had him with us, or was he? No, he was in the Yeah, because he had to get the little um, IV thing. So, I mean, I think that was different. I feel like when they moved you, you have them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, but that was, honestly, it, it was, I can't even like pinpoint what exactly it was. It was just an overwhelming amount of feelings and emotions. It was just a lot to process. Honestly, I probably was in shock. <laughs> it's hard to tell. It's definitely like a, a like high you're coming down from it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think your health changed on the, like at home? Like when you finally like left the hospital, all all the doctors, all the nurses are gone. No one's waiting on your hand and foot. You have to take the stranger home. Yes. <laughs> how do you, how do you think your health changed in any aspect? Health, like, mental like, health. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. My first thought was um, him. You know, he's hungry, him. Like, uh, it's time for me to eat, but it's time for him to eat him. You know, and um, like, I breastfed immediately after and everything. So I'm pumping around the clock, which pumping is new to me too, because the, so the first night when he came home, the colostrum wasn't enough for him. And he was cluster feeding for like from 12 to 4 o'clock in the morning. And his pediatrician did his circumcision in the hospital and gave us her personal number. So like four o'clock in the morning, I'm still crying. I call her. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, like the little similar like free packages they send to your doors or whatnot, we had that. And she said to supplement for that night. So we did, and like by the morning, my milk came in. So like it was rough because I I immediately like mom get up like. But yeah, like it, it two weeks postpartum, I ended up going to the hospital because my body, I feel like just decided to shut down. Like I had an infection during birth. I had another infection right after birth that I just got over. Um, I wasn't eating as much as I should because there's a, a certain amount you're supposed to intake when you're breastfeeding because it didn't click in my head that like my baby was getting all of my nutrients basically. And I wasn't fueling it that type of thing. And like, I was going in and out of consciousness. Like he, he had to call uh, EMS 
and they took me to the hospital. I had excruciating pain in my stomach. Like it was, okay. we honestly still didn't really figure out like, what was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, like I was mentally, if that makes sense, neglecting myself because even when I was in the hospital bed, I was like, is my theory okay? Like, did you get, did you grab all this milk? Like, I'm in pain. I could be dying at this point. I don't know what's going on, but I'm worried about my baby. And I feel like when you become like a first time mom or become a mom in general, that's your first priority is like your kid. And so, yeah, don't do what I do. Take care of yourself. Because <laughs> you know, not too yeah. It can definitely be hard to take care of your health, your whole self, yeah. your eating, your mental when you have someone who is completely dependent on you. I think that is a whole new experience because every relationship that we experience outside of motherhood can function on its own. Yeah. Your parents can live without you, your siblings, your partner, but your children depend on you wholly. And to have that weight on your shoulders, it's really hard. And you do give up a lot of your own health yeah. to say, hey, I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna give this to you, I'll give this to you. Um, and you're learning to yeah. care for your new self. You know what I'm saying? Like you, <laughs> I don't want to put too much in that because he's right here. <laughs> but like, you know, you you bathe differently. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you change differently. Like you, you wear different things. And even that is, I feel like that's the only thing I feel like I had to, I intentionally worried about other than my son was like, I need to make sure that you know, I'm not bleeding all over the place, basically. Yeah. But other than that, didn't think about nothing else. Yeah. He, if it wasn't for him bringing me like little snacks here and there, or peanut butter, um, little rice cakes here and there, no, nah, I wouldn't have ate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just adapting all together. I'll say. Yeah, the adapting is definitely. I mean, I'm still technically in postpartum. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's definitely because he was in the NICU for a week. And that was like right after I gave birth, and yeah. you know I was I was I still have pelvic floor. Ain't nothing the same. I don't know what happened, but ain't nothing working right. So, <laughs> um, but I mean I just remember like literally getting up every day crying every day. Like when you go home and your car seat is empty, that's that's a different type of. I mean it was it was an emotion. I I still get emotional over, but. Because when you said Nikki, I was like, goodness. Like, I remember. I mean, you know, I, he was only in there for like 30 minutes. So I oh, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, not, not. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's tough, but I mean, it, it is the same thing. Like, you you don't think about yourself. Like, yeah. Jordan would be like, Adrian, you sure you want to go today? I'm like, yeah, we're going today. Yeah. You know, I could barely walk. Yeah, I got to get in this wheelchair, but mm-hmm. we're going to go today. Yeah. You know, so, no. It is a different type of, I don't know. Not like, I guess strength. It, yeah. it is a lot of strength, yeah. but it's also, you know, I feel like men kind of go through a little postpartum too. Yeah, it, they do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a big change for him as well. Yeah. So, right, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, how did you? I mean, you say you're a very routine person. Mm-hmm. You know, have you have you gotten to a routine yet? Have I you? I have a routine. Okay. Okay. Um, I had a routine like here and there, it was like real sporadic, but I feel like now, the one thing that was set in stone since he was a newborn was his bedtime. And I realized this the other day because he's tried to stay with my mom um, twice. First time did not work out. Mm-hmm. Um, he was hysterical. It's like he knew that I was leaving. 
he's exclusively breastfed too, so I feel like that had a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. But the second time, um, what's he talking about? Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Routine. Mom brain. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <Routine. laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's bedtime. Um. We had to stay with my mom during the during the snow, and um, because our heat wasn't working, we had just moved. It yeah. was crazy. Um, so his feeding time was nine o'clock, and then it was another time at like twelve. Mm -hmm. So when nine o'clock hit, if we were like in the living room, we would get ready for bed. We lay down, and that was his schedule. Mm -hmm. And so like his bedtime even now is nine o'clock hits, he turned into a different baby. He's ready to be in his room in a onesie in the bed, you know, sitting like ass down. And if he's not, he's crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that was like the only thing that was really like set in stone was his um bedtime schedule. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, you're fine. We started talking off. You know, yeah, about yeah. so many things, and now my brain is like, yeah, I'm gonna start talking. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 you're, you're good, you're good. I think kids, kids really like routine. I think yeah. my oldest mm -hmm. son loves to know what we're gonna do next. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's better to set that routine early on because, yeah. like you said, my my kids are ready to sleep by eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. we're going to bed now. Mm -hmm. like, All right, good night. Yeah, and I think his is actually moving up a little bit to maybe like eight eight thirty. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's and that's important for yourself as well because yeah. you have like uh, my people always come over and I feel like oh the kids are asleep yeah I, I don't see kids after 9 o'clock <laughs> I, 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 I don't see kids after 9 o'clock not 8 30 hit between that time that's that's me mm -hmm. and that's important to have that because I did used to struggle with getting Kobe to bed and it would be like 11 12 yeah. 12 midnight mm -hmm. and that put a strain on myself yeah because now I'm tired now I feel like I didn't get anything done for myself for right. a day so it's important to establish that routine with your children, just for yourself, for your partner, yeah. <laughs> yeah. for your partner to have, to feel like a person mm -hmm. outside of having yeah. children as well. Um, sure. And that's good to establish postpartum. Is that <laughs> <laughs> it's on your arm. It's over there. Yeah. That's all right. What was I about to say? Dang it, now I didn't forget. Listen, I told you, it's just opened up a whole thing. Yeah, now I'm, my mind was like, where was I going? Where was I going? We talking about routine, right? It was routine. Does anybody else struggle with why they sleep? You just do everything else. Because I be telling myself, why they sleep, I'm asleep. I oh, that's the worst advice. <laughs> that was the worst advice I have ever got because <laughs> I do everything else uh -huh. with with also doing nothing at the same time. Yes, like I'm on my phone. Yeah, laundry is backed up. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is like in the sink. I ain't cooked in three days. Maybe you can speak on. I'm seven months in, and I still when he sleep, I'm doing nothing but I'm doing something for me. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm, I'm on my phone. I'm trying to wind down. Like I'm, I'm like. I guess I love watching like videos. I love watching like TikToks. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. I'm a big like movie head person too. So I guess that has to do with it. But yeah, when, when, it, when I get him down from bed, I'm on my phone. Yeah. I don't get sleep. <laughs> then he wakes up, he's ready to nurse. I'm exhausted because I'm like, dang. Like, yeah. <laughs> so even during the nap, like during the day, yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the laundry, I don't talk about. No, that's yeah, the worst. Like baby, baby socks. 
I can't find it. I don't know where these socks go. It'll never end. I'll find a pack of socks in the market. I buy Kobe socks and I can find everything but a match. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the whole pack. I can find a whole pack of socks. I mean, the last time he's had socks for one. For one, his feet were super big. And two, yeah. I've got a mismatch here now. They don't care. No, they don't. I think one of the things I wanted to talk about, you had mentioned earlier, because it's something that I I struggle with a lot. And sometimes I feel like I struggle with here and there, but um, it's feeling like you're enough. Yeah. So if you if you want to start and then I'll go off, or you want to go off. Um, dang. Um, I mean, okay, so I, I've, I don't know, I always... I've always been a people pleaser. Yes. And so since I'm a people pleaser, I still am. You know, it's got a little bit better, but I'm such a people pleaser that I'm like, okay, do you need this? Do you need that? And I'm the oldest. You okay. know, I'm the oldest. And, you know, everybody's kind of like, you know, you're, you're the oldest. Everybody come to you. And then, you know, trying to be a sister, trying to be a friend, <laughs> trying to be a mom. And honestly, being a mom, I think, has been the hardest thing because it's like I'm the only person this person is going to come to. Yeah. And if I'm not, if I'm not giving myself enough, and, and I still don't, you know, I, I don't, you still don't, I still don't have time for myself, really. And so being enough, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, such, it's so many things because like I said, like cooking, I don't cook no more. Cleaning, I love a clean house. I love a smell good house. Yeah. It happens when it happens. And so, you know, I don't know. I just, it's all over the place. I think one thing that kind of helps me get out of my rut so to say, because I call it what is my husband asked me, what is enough in your eyes? Mm. And same with me, I'm a people pleaser. I don't like telling people no. I will, you know, if you need it, I'll do it. Type mm-hmm. of thing. Even if it's like I know that I don't need to like do it or I need to do something else, it's probably more important. Or to even just save my energy, I just you know still say yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I I struggle with even the thoughts and fears of feeling as though I was going to be enough before I even had my son um, while I was pregnant. And I think it mostly stemmed from, like, my trauma in my childhood mm-hmm. and, like, my mom, my biological parents and stuff. Um, so, like, when I had him, I would always think, of, like, what if what if I'm wrong? Like, what if I'm not doing this right? Or mm-hmm. or maybe I should have, you know, did more. And like, I was just always getting my head of like, dang, like I'm not doing enough. Like, you know, I I'm not cleaning when I could be. Like, mm-hmm. he'll come home exhausted, but I'm exhausted. But I know it's annoying for me coming home to an unclean house when you've been working all day. Like, I should do this, or mm-hmm. I should randomly cook dinner because I don't put pizza cooker in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with like. Different. It just it was just always playing my mind like, dang, like, mm-hmm. like is it enough? Like, yeah. Could it be more? Mm-hmm. Like, but what what does that look like? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I always I struggle with that and I always think about that. But what would be enough? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and honestly, it wasn't until I went to church and I couldn't even like get into the service because like I was just in my head, so to say. Am I? associate pastor came up to me are they close to like closing or either it was after service 
you call it like service 2.0 mm -hmm. and he came up to me and, and uh, it, when he rounded the corner i was like i know it's <laughs> and um he came up to me and you know he started praying over me and he was like um god like please tell your daughter let her know that she's enough like and i just weeped like everything that i was carrying like for months mm -hmm. like mind you like i i've had these fears and these thoughts of like i'm not gonna be enough for my child because of what wasn't enough for me growing up during pregnancy like we're going on two years basically like mm -hmm. for a year right nine months and then you know seven months yeah a year of these things and i just weeped and i just cried and i was just like but but in that moment like i feel like I was covered, you know, in, in enough strength and love from God to where, like, I had peace of, like, no, 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 you're doing the job. You're doing everything that you can. Like, mm -hmm. there's, like you said, like, they, we are the only person, like, no matter, no matter what, like, any other person that has close relationships, relationships to even our fathers, like, mm -hmm. I will always be that one person, that one thing that he will always need and always, like, crave for. And so, like, in my mind, like, okay, that was enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, okay, yeah. But I think I think it's something that like women or like people in general really don't like talk. I feel like we shy away from it mm -hmm. because for one, it's scary to think like you're not doing a good job, mm -hmm. or to think that like you in your head you feel like you're doing everything that you can, but to somebody else you could be doing more. Yeah, and so like. That's a scary thing. I feel like we shy away from it. We don't talk about it. And that will lead to ruts, like I said. And that will lead to our little depression spells and just a whole whirlwind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I see. And I think the other thing with that I was just thinking about um, was... I kept I kept telling Jordan, I said, I'm not where I want to be in life to have, my, like, to have this child. Because... You know, I was supposed to graduate college, dropped out. I was supposed to do this, quit. I was yes. supposed to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now I'm, I'm chasing this dream of being a, a podcast influencer, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. But right now, to bring him into this, when I'm struggling with this, that, and the other, you know, and I remember crying. Like, I called my mom, and I was just bawling. And she was like, Adrian, you are exactly where God wants you to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He sent you him for a reason. And there have been so many things that, oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> there have been so many things that your child teaches you as well. Oh my God. Because I used to be the person I told you, I'd give up in a heartbeat, but I am getting better at that yeah. because it's like, I can't I can't give up. I got somebody right. depending on me. Oh like, I got to keep yeah. going, you know? But, and, and that also can be unhealthy too. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't give yourself enough. But um, I'm, I'm more of a routine person. I hate, I've never been a routine person. Yeah. I ain't saying I'm great at it, but you know, <laughs> it's just certain things that he's teaching me as well yeah. in this moment in my life, because I feel like I would have still been going the way I was going if God didn't send me this, this yeah. thing that felt like it wasn't at the right time for me, yeah. but it was the right time for God. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think my biggest teacher has probably not been my children. Yeah. Mm. They've just—they've given me an insight into someone, into someone else. Because as my own person, I am used to meeting my own needs. I'm used to doing for me. But now being in a space where I have a whole other person who has a whole other set of ideas, mm -hmm. wanting something, and I have to pour into that is different. And it, 
is hard. Yeah. Pain in your leg. Well, it can definitely be stressful and strainful to um, give up yourself mm-hmm. for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Especially someone who's totally dependent. Because, yeah. like I said, every other relationship that you have can function on its own. Yeah. So it can be really um, stressful to have children. Um, but I think when you were saying like a being a people pleaser, yeah. I was a people pleaser at a point in my life until I had children and I mm-hmm. had to realize yeah. that I couldn't be a people pleaser yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. And because it was fine for me, but it wasn't going to be fine for my children. I could not put my children in a space where if someone asked them for something or asked me for something for them, mm-hmm. that they had to do it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think like with consent, yeah. with hugs and kisses, yeah. I had always someone say, Hey, give me a hug. Okay. With my kids, if I seen that they were uncomfortable, yes. that stirred something up in me. Yeah. Right. So where I would have put myself in that situation willy nilly. Sure. Uh-huh. And I had to say, mm, no, yeah. or actually no. Mm-hmm. Right. And learning to say no is yes. probably the biggest lesson that I have learned for my children. And yeah. I love that for them and for me because mm-hmm. now them teaching me to say no is helping me teach them to say no. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are co-teachers in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've moved away from people. Ple- oh, we're not going home yet. We don't. You wrapped it up. So I think, uh, yeah, so just them teaching you things. And I don't know. No, that's, that's great. I saw a video recently, probably a couple days ago of this uh, mom talking about is basically talking about like, you know, when we talk about generational stuff earlier about like, um, if my kid doesn't go to you or doesn't want to give you a kiss or doesn't reach for you, I'm yeah. not going to make my kid because, you know, like they're, they're like, they're learning themselves. Like kids are we're constantly adapting, constantly learning. So, you know, how I grew up, like I mentioned earlier and stuff, mm-hmm. like I was put in positions where like, you know, like, you know, give them, give them a, mm-hmm. you know, let them do the stuff like that, and I don't want that for my kid, like Tasha just said. Yeah. And I feel like it's important because it cultivates their voice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as young children, like we, I mean, even now as adults, like I'm still finding my voice and finding mm-hmm. like the confidence and boldness in my identity. And you know, like kids, like they look to us for that help. Yeah. And if I am, you know, like making it okay, mm-hmm. you know, for for my kids to feel uncomfortable by the slightest thing mm-hmm. then that 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 ruins trust like that ruins the bond that we could have like that it goes into a whole thing and yeah yeah so i completely agree with Tasha. yeah <laughs> yes. i agree because it, it made me think about because like i said i've always been a people pleaser and i've always allowed certain people that hurt me back into my life Ooh. and <laughs> you know i mean i can i can be transparent like even with my real father i always chase that relationship I had to cut it, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And then there's other relationships in my life. Like there's been little things that happened, you know, recently and stuff. And I'm like, nah, like I, I'm not gonna text yeah. you back. I'm not gonna yeah. call you back because I I really don't want that for myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't want my kids around that type right. of energy. I don't want my kids like experiencing those type of people, that those type of relationships. And yeah, he's gonna run into certain things and certain right. people and stuff. I can't I can't protect you from everything, right. but what I can protect you from, I'm gonna protect you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I have learned and, and I like how she said like no. Like yeah. like that word is just it's it's such a powerful word because 
all your life you're like, yeah, 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 I can do this, I can do and that. Why is it that we feel scared to say no? Like, why yeah. is it? I don't know if it's just me, yeah. but like, it can be a little thing. Like, maybe I'll give an example of like grandparents. Mm-hmm. When, when grandparents want to, like, for instance, it could be, you know, like uh, the water thing. Apparently, babies can't have water until like close to one year of age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I heard growing up. Mm-hmm. His pediatrician says at six months, and I Googled it too, and it says six months they mm-hmm. have water. This is just an example. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, if I decide to give my my kid water and you know, his grandparent, you know, say, Well, you know, he's a little too young for that or something, mm-hmm. like and like she said, it does something to my inside. Mm-hmm. I'm like, for one, like, this is my baby. Mm-hmm. Had your kids, you know, you know. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. but if I decide that like this is this is something I want for him, then like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel guilty of the fact that I basically just told you <laughs> bump your opinion? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why is it that we feel like when it's appropriate to say no mm-hmm. that it's challenging to mm-hmm. say no, so to say? Yeah. I, I, I always like I guess I always struggle with that because I am a people pleaser. And mm-hmm. I was like, what is it in me that makes me like not want to hurt this person's feelings? Yeah. Even when it's even when it's like for my personal best, like when it when it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. I think that stems from uh, not being able to say no. Trauma. When we were kids. <laughs> yeah. Because really, like I was saying trauma. earlier, I do allow my kids to tell me no respectfully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think of the little kids. Right. right. But if I ask him to do something, he said, actually, I need to finish this first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do that. That is giving him space yeah. to take care of himself yeah. and mm-hmm. then do for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of my people-pleasing tendencies came from, yeah. where if someone asked me to do something, in the back of my head, I had to get it done right then. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. have space to say, hey, I need to do this. Or, mm-hmm. Actually, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I grew up that way. And now as an adult, I'm that way. And it doesn't fit. It fits yeah. for children. Yeah. Right. You can mm-hmm. expect the child to do what you want because they don't have anything else to do. Right. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, it doesn't fit. And that's why I've moved away from raising kids mm-hmm. where I'm trying to just raise people. Right. I'm mm-hmm. trying to raise decent people. Yeah. People who can sit and say, no. Yeah, that's real. And I think it also comes from the fact that I, I, don't, I don't know about y'all, but growing up, you know, they like, "What you crying for? What you upset for?" Like oh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't have, I don't have oh, room to be upset. I'm like, let me give you something. To cry. Why do you want to make me cry? Like, you know. And like, I think also in black households, yeah. it's it's a conversation I had to have. You know, um, growing up when I went through what I went through mentally mm-hmm. um, and emotionally and stuff like that, is that mental health is a real thing. And, and you can say, pray over it, pray over it, pray over it. Yeah, I'm going to pray. Yeah. But I need somebody to talk to. I need yeah. some help. Yeah. And me feeling the way I'm feeling, you know, you can just respect that. And and I, I don't know. That's so, so saying no does come from that as yeah. well because it's like. I know. Like, okay, so I said I was adopted. So we had a house of 13. My mom didn't believe in like split up, you know, kids when we came with siblings. So that's why we ended up being so many. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I feel like I would hear often, so to say, like in the context of like, basically like you too, you're too young to be going through something. Like you're too young to be depressed. You're too young to feel anxiety. You're too young to feel these things that we as adults feel. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's 
you know, that's wrong. You yeah, know, yeah. Because, like, I remember being a nine-year-old kid, a six-year-old kid, a five-year-old kid, and feeling these things of, I may not have understood it, but I know that I felt something other than happy. I knew mm. that it was a couple of days where I felt like I didn't want to play. I didn't want to do anything, like, just to give it, like, you know, a little bit of, to kind of, like, I guess dumb it down, so to say. Mm-hmm. But, like, my siblings, like, my two brothers, they're, like, 19 now. One's 18, one's 19. Um, one of my younger sisters is 15, one on 16. And, you know, they, they do struggle. You know, like, we all struggle. And I feel like when we constantly hear, like you said, like, well, what are you crying for? Or, well, why do you feel this way? And it, it comes off as antagonizing. Mm. It makes us not want to answer. You know mm. what I'm saying? It triggers me to the point to where, like, okay, do I have to self-reflect and actually ask myself, okay, like, what am I actually? Mm-hmm. Like, am I actually going through something? Like, do I actually feel these things? And I feel like it's important that we not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Because, like, even at young ages, we do struggle with some things because for one like we're, we're learning we probably don't even know what we're struggling with but we know that it's something that made us uncomfortable or not even uncomfortable it's something that you know has has made me feel so <laughs> um but yeah i i uh like you said i feel like in in black households so to say and my mom my foster mom and my foster dad was white but like we can go back to the thing of like it's generational mm-hmm. you know it doesn't even have to have a race mm-hmm. um but when i did live with my biological mom like it's like kids are supposed to be kids and just that yeah. like kids go play in the room mind your business mm-hmm. you know like i don't have to answer to you because you're not an adult mm-hmm. and i feel like it shouldn't i won't say it shouldn't because i don't want to offend a lot but whatever it can be another choice of words Mm-hmm. to help them understand you know what i'm saying because like kids are super curious they want to know what mommy's doing they want to know what daddy's doing you know whatever the case may be and like you said with like not doing the restraint and allowing your kids to say no like allowing them to have a voice and to cultivate their voice is super important so when you put a cap on your kid of like you know like go go play like or or i mean yeah that's important kids should be you know outside playing whatever the case may be but i feel like it's just uh how do you say like it is it's i feel like a good way a positive way and a negative way i wouldn't mm-hmm. even say a good way and a wrong way positive way and a negative way to do that type of stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's important to name feelings for kids because like you said as a young as a kid you don't yeah. know you don't really know what anger is. You don't yeah. know what sadness is. You know that you're feeling this, yeah. but you don't know the name of it. So that's the job okay. of an adult to say, hey, you're feeling sad. Mm-hmm. Right. I know that you're feeling sad, and I see that you're feeling sad. Let's do this. Yeah. So you cannot be sad. And if you want to sit in your sadness, I'll leave you with that. Right. And then we'll come back. Right. I'll let you process when we finish. We're work on this. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... Because the kids do struggle, they're emotions, they're yeah. people. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have these feelings. It's not a certain age that you start feeling sad. Right. It's not a certain age you start feeling mad. Right. So giving them a name for the feeling and just giving them ways to express it healthily. Yeah. yeah. Okay, can I have one? Okay. Um, 
giving them healthy ways to express it yeah. is important because they're going to grow up with that and they're going to teach their children that they're going to project that in their relationships mm -hmm. so it's important okay, I don't know um so you want them to be able to do it healthily because like i said everyone's going to feel sad everyone's going to feel angry but what you do with it right is the most important it's the most important thing all right come on <laughs> That's great. We started talking about postpartum. Yeah. No. That's but I mean, kids, I feel like, you know, those. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I feel like you, you're you learning also. I mean, postpartum, I feel like, I mean, I've only been doing this for, you know, about a month or two. But, I mean, I feel like this is a type of thing that everything has changed. Yeah. And then in postpartum, I feel like, is technically like, you know, after pregnancy. And right. it, and I've I've seen a quote where they was like, postpartum is forever. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, you're constantly changing. Your child's constantly changing. You're gonna have multiple children at one point. That's gonna change things. And I mean, I know for me, going through postpartum, I'm not really receptive to change. I don't like a lot of change too quickly. And so, watching my body change, the fact that I can't fit my fashion over jeans no more, my closet, like I was okay, just, we can go off of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I, I, I was real hurt this morning. I had to put on sweatpants again, you but. <laughs> 10 times I change, just come here. So. <laughs> Listen, I mean, it's it's just, I don't know. I, it's just I've never been this big. And it's not even big. Like, Jordan looked me every day. He's like, Jordan, you're not big. Like, yeah. you push on a nine-pound baby. Like, yeah. what are you supposed to look like? Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> and I mean, your body, like, we have extra fluid. Yeah. Extra blood. Yeah. Water. Yeah. We had a whole. I don't know how big your placenta was, but apparently mine was just as big as my baby. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's it's a whole bunch that goes into it. And then also genetics, like I said, genetics play a huge part in yeah. like how your body develops, so to say. Like I I didn't get my first stretch mark until seventh right at eight months. And then mm -hmm. once I got it, it spread. You know, yeah, like I, I was thinking that, you know, I'm big, so I thought I my case inside was kicking in and you know I wasn't gonna get stretch marks because my dad was a, a big guy mm -hmm. and I never see stretch marks on him. Mm -hmm. My mom I knew had stretch marks mm -hmm. and I was like, dang, take yeah. it after my mom. Yeah. <laughs> and so I realized that I, you know, I carried like her and my stomach went down like super, super quick, but mm -hmm. I still had fluid, I still had swelling mm -hmm. and um, inches that still need to go. But like your body changes drastically yeah. honestly like your hips wide and even yeah. before you give birth like your hips wide mm -hmm. it's just a whole thing and you said you don't give yourself enough grace and yeah, yeah give yourself yeah I was, because, I was, because i don't eat it yeah so i know exactly where you're coming from mm -hmm. um well yeah it's, it's it's just a it's a constant thing it really is i mean i've i've tried to, to i guess like look at it like looking at myself as enough besides the material things that I'm looking at yeah because a lot of times I look at okay well I can't fit this I can't do this the right. same I can't do that the same but what can yeah but what can yeah. I do you know and I mean that's been that's been difficult and yeah. especially when you had that time to just like sit by yourself and really like think about that stuff because I'm always yeah. thinking about him you know so I mean that's just that's, that's, that's just how it's been yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you've been. I've been. <laughs> <laughs> a snack runner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's, that's that's just how it's been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you've been. I've been.
Snack runner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ooh, well, this so this has been great. You got anything to add? You want to finish? Uh, I don't think I talked about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Cassie, you got something you want to say? You good? All right, y'all. So <laughs> this has been another episode of On My Mother. Make sure to tune in for our next episode. Y'all be blessed and keep doing your thing. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you've been. I've been. <laughs> <laughs> <A> snack runner. <laughs> All right. Ooh, well, this this has been great. You got anything to add? You want to finish? Uh, I don't think I talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Cassie, you got something you want to say? You good? All right, y'all. So, <laughs> this has been another episode of On My Mother. Make sure to tune in for our next episode. Y'all be blessed and keep doing your thing.